0: Good morning. It is seven minutes after 10 o'clock. By the way, I'm sure you know that Hunter Biden is uh, uh, testifying uh, behind closed doors and we will get the transcripts subsequently. uh, uh, But I just want to point something out. You're not going to get anything out of this. Uh, He's under investigation. He's going to probably, you know, plead the fifth or say I can't answer that because of the investigation. You're not going to get anything. just It's just not likely to happen. Uh, in the meantime, let me tell you that at 1035, uh, we're going to have uh, Andrew Thornbrook with us. He is the national security reporter for the Epic Times. Uh, the Russia-Ukraine war and aid to Ukraine uh, is under discussion. <clears throat> and he has a great deal of information that he'll share with us. But before that, we have my favorite economist, Professor Marie Sabrin, Professor Emeritus, Ramapo College. And uh, we've got a couple things to talk about. One of them uh, deals with a piece of the, uh, in USA Today. And it starts with, as inflation gathered force in 21 and 22, Federal Reserve notoriously waited too long to raise interest rates, allowing consumer prices to continue to climb. Now that he, uh, the inflation is easing, the Fed may be poised to make another blunder by moving too slowly. To cut rates, and triggering a recession—at least that's what some economists are arguing. Professor, welcome to the program. Great to be with you, Gary. Uh, uh, that you know—that's—I don't see them lowering until they see real signs of slowing.
1: Well, that's—that's that's been the history of the way the Fed reacts. Uh, they're too slow to. Uh, uh, raise interest rates when uh, they caused the inflation problem in the first place by flooding the uh, uh, financial system with uh, new money, and that, of course, raises prices, wages eventually, uh, stock prices, uh, real estate prices. We're seeing this all over the country. Uh, That hasn't abated. Um, Now, rents, from what we gather, are slowing down quite a bit. Uh, Rents were going up 15% a year, 10% a year. Now they may be going up three, 4% a year. So that'll flow through the consumer price index in the next few months and make the index look a lot better than uh, it it otherwise would be. And I may uh, signal the Fed to say, okay, we've hit our 2 percent inflation target if, in fact, we get there and therefore we should lower rates. But the point is, and this is something that that's in the USA Today article, which is really astonishing because it just shows you what a dismal science uh, economics has become in the mainstream. Is that why are they even talking about the Fed trying to manage the U.S. economy? Economy, this, this 25, 26 trillion dollar economy, you can't do it. The Soviets couldn't do it, uh, and and they had total control of the economy, virtually total control of the economy. So why do we think we have an agency uh, created by the federal government that knows exactly what the interest rate should be, instead of allow, allowing the market to determine what interest rate should be based upon the supply of savings and the demand for savings? And this is something that I and other uh, Austrian school economists have been arguing for decades. Leave interest rates alone to the marketplace instead of trying to figure out uh, what's the best interest rate to uh, boost employment and production and so they're, they're really doing a fool's errand by destabilizing the economy giving us these unsustainable booms and then when the recession hits <clears throat> a lot of people lose their jobs a lot of businesses go under and uh, it's then the fed comes in and, and inflates again and we're off to another cycle. And that was the theme of my book, Navigating the Boom-Bust Cycle and Why the Federal Reserve uh, Sucks.
0: You know, looking at employment numbers, uh, we're seeing layoffs increase. And Americans uh, are replacing uh, jobs that they had before uh, with, uh, you know, uh, part-time jobs. Um, Mm -hmm. December, January was the biggest two-month decline in full-time employment since they imposed the lockdowns in March and April of 2020, is this a sign that we're we're actually there? That the recession is here.
1: Yeah, I, I think so. I, I, I wrote about that in Substack a couple of months ago, saying that a recession starts off very slowly as companies realize that they have too many employees. They have too much inventory, and that's what a recession typically is, is when there's too much inventory built up by companies, and they gotta get rid of it at bargain based on prices, which is a good time to be a consumer, because uh, clothing prices come down, and other uh, goods that consumers buy that have long uh, long lasting their life go down. And for, uh, and for companies, they can buy up assets on the cheap, and that's how a lot of companies um, expand during a recession ironically because they can buy assets pennies on the dollar and then uh, take advantage of the next upswing in the cycle and that's where the big money is made when you buy low and sell high that's something that everyone knows in the investment world so the question is how do you do it given that we do have a cyclical economy that is on a long-term uptrend since the beginning of the republic. So that's what the, uh, entrepreneurs have tried to navigate uh, the, the cycle. But uh, right now with AI uh, having a big impact on the stock market, a big impact on, on uh, businesses, uh, that's the next big thing in the economy. And a lot of money apparently will be made with AI. It's already been made with NVIDIA and other companies whose stocks have skyrocketed the last couple of
0: years. Um, <clears throat> I want to. I want to switch gears. You wrote a piece. Uh, you said that you had a Joe Biden moment, and you wound up in yeah. the ER.
1: Yeah, that was a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I was uh, sitting at my desk, as I am now, and uh, my wife was with me, and she said I had this blank stare uh, look on my face, and I just had sort of a brain fog. With- when I was looking at my appointment book, so uh, in a couple of hours after um, I took her to uh, an appointment, she called uh, our doctor and he uh, uh, sent over the uh, the security team in our development. And they checked my vitals; they were fine. But the doctor wanted to make sure that there was nothing brewing, um, so I went to the ER and they did all sorts of tests and they came back to negative, which is very good. And um, and uh, here I am two weeks later uh, without any. Uh, uh, fallout from from that incident, but these are things that you uh, are concerned about as you get older, that you don't have a moment where uh, things may uh, cause you to wind up in in, uh, uh, critical care because you have some sort of uh, brain uh, trauma. But so far, as they say, knock on wood, everything's been fine.
0: Uh, So, uh, here's my fear, uh, that if something happens to you like that, uh, if it goes on for too long, you could become a Democrat or a Republican.
1: <laughs> well, the, I left the Democratic Party uh, more than 60 years ago when I realized that uh, the Great Society programs are going to be a disaster. They're going to cost too much money. And the Republican Party uh, just tries to emulate the Democratic Party with uh, libertarian rhetoric. They say they're for limited government and um, uh, personal liberty, but they gave us the Patriot Act and the Bush. Uh, they gave us an expansion of, uh, of government involvement in, in medical care. They couldn't. Um, they they couldn't repeal the Department of Education or abolish the Department of Education and the um, Department of Energy as great as wanted in 1981 when he became president. And, of course, Trump didn't get rid of Obamacare. So the Republicans basically have uh, have uh, cemented all the big government spending of the Democrats for the past 75 years. So uh, that's the problem we're facing in this country is that uh, big government keeps on moving uh, uh, over time, and there's, and there's no apparent political will in Washington to do the right thing because uh, they're all locked into this uh, welfare state mentality, uh, big government overseas, and um, this aid to Ukraine is, is just another example of uh, our bipartisan foreign policy, which has been a disaster since the end of World War II.
0: Well, eventually they'll take it seriously, but, of course, by then it'll be too late, and who knows what we'll end up with. Professor Murray Sabrin, uh, your Substack column, always fascinating. Uh People should go there, subscribe. I've got uh, one of your books. I'm going to buy another one uh because uh, I, I'm kind of tempted by just the title. Anyway, give them the uh, Substack column, how they can find it.
1: Uh, com and uh, for your listeners uh, to let them know that I'm working on a major speech I'll be giving at the Mises Institute um, in three weeks uh, it's called uh, Peter Drucker the Forgotten Austrian and the Welfare State so uh, I'm working on that now and he has incredible insights about the government and uh, the welfare state that everyone should uh, know about because uh, he nailed this more than 30 years ago by the welfare state is so counterproductive that we need to get rid of government in the whole area of social services so i'm working on that speech right now and i'll be delivering it in three weeks
0: yeah i don't expect democrats or republicans uh to do it to get rid of those programs um they just have no principles professor thank you for being with us thanks again gary look forward to again all right take care Uh, All right, Mary Poppins is in trouble. Oh yes, let's find out why next, and then uh, we'll talk about uh, funding for Ukraine. That's at ten thirty-five. The Epic Times, Gary Nolan Zimmer, Radio Network. It's ten twenty-one, and at ten thirty-five, we'll find out about funding for Ukraine. Uh, The uh, Epic Times will be on board with us, and apparently, and I, I'm I. I don't think I've ever seen Mary Poppins, but I thought it was a kind of an innocent kid's movie. Brian, did you ever see it? I did when I was
2: very, very young. Uh huh. Well, you racist, you. (laughs) I know, right? Yeah. I was thinking the same thing. It's like I had no idea that I was such a
0: racist child. Yeah, Mary Poppins, the British Board of Film Classics uh, certification, classification rather has raised the classic Disney children's film rating to PG from its previous rating of U, meaning that it was free of any material likely to offend or harm for its uh, supposed use of discriminatory language. Uh, and it's apparently hot and trots. Oh, oh, please. Let me, I'm sorry, did I let offend me you? dump that real
2: quick. Okay, now yeah, you don't, can continue. Don't I, let that go out. No, no I didn't. We don't want to
0: offend anybody the hell is a Hottentrot? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, most people, I don't think anybody even knows what the hell it is. Uh, apparently that it was being used formally in academia uh, 20 years after the release of the movie, uh, the word itself was used exactly twice in the entire movie. So, hot and trots was spoken twice in a, in a Disney movie from I think the 1960s and suddenly it's uh, pg I, uh, I i have i'm stunned by this um, this was back when disney ran disney and they were really uh, a family friendly organization
2: but as far as you know chim chimney chim chimney chim chim chiru is still
0: fine good luck will rub off Never mind. Yeah, don't
2: don't take your. Who are the people that go out looking for this stuff?
0: Ah, we found one, but you realize they have to watch the entire movie. Oh, I know, and they can't they can't miss a word. (laughs) So they can because if they miss a time, what kind of life is that? Can I make a living doing that? Can I? I guess. Will they pay me to do that? I don't know. I wouldn't mind uh, if that for a job, you know, instead you would of have, looking
2: at you, you every would have, morning. That's true. But you would have had no idea that, what was it, hot and tots was offensive. So Correct. So how would you have known?
0: Well, uh, You could it, pick anything. Well, yeah, but if it didn't offend me, then it wouldn't offend you. If right. it offended me, then it would offend you. Okay. Because I'd be the ultimate arbiter of <laughs> offensive. <laughs> Oh, uh, you can't make it up! No, it's stupid. How many of these things have we lost? Uh, movies
2: have we lost? Um, yeah, the lion—they did some uh, Lion
0: King editing too, didn't they? Way back in the day. And uh, the uh the Cat in the Hat, yes, guy. They went after him. Aunt Jemima is a problem now. Um, who else is missing? We we've. we've Uncle Ben's converted rice Yep They, they went after Uncle Ben um, And for what? I mean for no, for no good reason I would be willing to venture a bet That nobody Went to the store And bought syrup Bought Aunt Jemima's syrup And went That is just so offensive Oh my god I can't buy that I, just, I, don't, I don't believe that ever happened it's just these hypersensitive idiots that are just changing society uh, to be milk toast and that's what it is it's going to be milk toast they went after a photograph this is true this is at the height of the secondhand smoke lie they went after a picture of winston churchill holding a cigar there is a, a cigar size today that is referred to as a Churchill, and it was it's named after Winston Churchill. It was a, it was a, a very large cigar, but they were so um, pushing the secondhand smoke thing that they began rating movies with smoking for adults. And they went after that photograph and they literally retouched the photograph oh that they... God. This famous photograph of Winston Churchill holding the cigar, smoking the cigar, and eliminated the cigar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you could look it up and find a photograph a side by side, but they retouched the cigar out of his hands because we can't let anybody see someone holding a cigar. It's funny how the left are so upset about guns, and oh, guns are terrible, uh, but they're willing to have all these Hollywood productions with guns, and they don't think that's an influence. But somebody smoking a cigarette or a cigar, well, that makes it an adults-only video. they They're just out of their minds. Just out of their minds. Uh, all right, eight seven four ninety three ninety eight hundred five two nine five five seven two. The uh, Google's AI, um, we kind of touched on this yesterday, but it's uh, it seems to be getting more and more attention. If you're not familiar with it, apparently uh, some some uh, people were looking at uh, asking Google's uh, Gemini, their artificial intelligence, to produce pictures of popes, and they showed women. There, there has never been a female pope. Uh, they asked for uh, uh, pictures of the founding fathers, and they show uh, black men uh, it, it, it is, as the founding fathers. <clears throat> um, I don't, I don't recall off the top of my head uh, whether it was Jefferson or Washington, um, but I don't, I don't believe they were black. Um, but this is really getting stupid. They're trying, and this is along the same lines that we are just talking about. <clears throat> Excuse me. Pardon me. This is along the same lines, what they were just talking about with Aunt Jemima and uh, the Disney movies. They want this utopian view of the world, and they're going to paint it. Uh, and, and that's what this AI is doing. Instead of giving you reality, they're, they're giving you their view of what they want the world to be like.
2: Who is the programming uh, person of this AI? Is it a whole bunch of just left-wing crazies that are programming it? Because well, somebody has, sure. to, has to be doing that.
0: I'm sure it's a bunch of left-wing crazies. They're you know garbage in, garbage out. Uh, they're the ones putting this nonsense together because they want the the picture to be what they want it to be, but it's it's not working. Uh, this is not reality. Now the the left want to uh, and and sort of the right they want to regulate artificial intelligence that would be a mistake. Let artificial intelligence fight artificial intelligence. Let the marketplace correct the problem. Because once the government gets involved in it, it's never going to work. It's it's going to be completely screwed up. And it has great potential. All right, let's talk about uh, funding for Ukraine, because that's uh, right at the top of the list of what's going on in Washington. Andrew Thornbrook is going to be with us in about five minutes. Uh, with the Russia-Ukraine war and aid to Ukraine under discussion, he can talk Knowledgeably, I might add, about these topics, he is with my favorite newspaper. Yeah, the Epic Times or Epoch Times—I don't care how you pronounce it. Just get it uh, because they got great, uh, great coverage there, and they give you updates two, three times a day. I get updates to find out what's, you know, going on in my world. We'll do that next on the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. is the Gary Nolan show it is 1035 glad to have you with us all right the Ukraine vote they want to send money and arms uh, for for uh, Ukraine in their war against Russia where do we stand with that what's uh, you know will it go through might something get in the way uh, the guy to check with uh, on that uh, front would be Andrew Thornbrook uh, from the epic Times Andrew welcome how are you Oh, I'm very well, Gary. Thanks so much for having me again. Uh, glad to have you with us. So, uh, I'm, I'm the, the Republicans don't seem willing to send money uh, to Ukraine unless the administration does something about the border. Give me the details on that.
3: Yeah, well, I think a lot of this is really coming down to a split in the Republican Party over Ukraine funding itself, you know. Initially, there was this issue of how much border funding, you know, was going to be in a package relative to Ukraine spending. But the Republicans voted to agree last month to effectively split the border funding off into a separate issue. Now we just have Ukraine and Israel funding as as a combined issue. And Speaker Johnson is thus far refusing to bring it to the House floor. So I think this is really more indicative uh, that Speaker Johnson can't get his party to agree to a vote one way or the other. I don't think he can whip them into no's or yay's as a party, as a cohesive unit. Uh, And so he's a little uh, reluctant to bring that to the floor.
0: You know, it's odd that um, Nancy Pelosi, uh, with pretty slim margins, was able to marshal the Democrats to do what she wanted. But for some reason, the Republicans, uh, they, they, can't, they can't get their act together. Um,
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they certainly, uh, the, the group of Republicans currently sitting, certainly I don't think at this point view themselves as a single party. You know, uh, the, there are, and the, the Democrats have this issue to an extent as well. We've seen it growing for the last, you know, over a decade now. Um, but it, it's really becoming fracturous in, in the Republican party in which you have these various smaller groups with, with much more defined sort of interests, you know, groups perhaps like the Freedom Caucus, um, who, who will not just vote along a party line for the sake of, party unity, and that is causing a lot of, I think, organizational problems for the
0: party. Uh, if you just turned the radio on, uh, Epic Times national security reporter Andrew Thornbrook is with us, talking about Ukraine funding. You know, what it, it looks like that small group is standing on principle, and so I, I don't get terribly upset with them. Um, I know a lot of people would disagree with me on this, but I think you have to stand on principle. And I think they are. I think it's the Republican, the other, the rest of the party that sort of wandered away from the Republican uh, platform.
3: Does it
0: make sense at all? I don't know.
3: Um, yeah, well, I mean, I'm not a political analyst, but yeah, uh, yeah. certainly there's, there's reasons for and against the Ukraine funding. But I think, I think it, it would behoove Speaker Johnson one way or the other to hold the vote. You know, it's his job. Essentially, to ensure Congress legislates, and uh, so if they want to vote no, then they should be able to vote no. But they should be voting.
0: Is there any indication that uh, that he's going to do this? Uh, I mean, is there a timeline where it's you know it's now or never? That moment comes up where it's got to go.
3: Honestly, I I, I don't know. I, I have not heard one way or the other. Any of the sources I talked to. Uh, You know, I've heard with varying degrees of confidence, I should say, one way and the other. Uh, And so at this point, I I think it's really going to come down to uh, sort of intra-party politics and uh, how much pressure is put on Johnson by the various uh, elements in the Republican Party.
0: I wonder if the Democrats will come to his aid. Uh, That's probably more of a political question than than a, a national security question. Uh, How much money are we talking about in in terms of uh, Ukraine?
3: Yeah, so for the Ukraine aid part of the package, it's a little over $60 billion. It's about what was set um, when Biden first asked for the larger supplemental uh, back in October. Um, And so this is really... Uh, primarily love authorities essentially to spend or not to spend but to send arms to Ukraine and then spend the money here at home to replace those arms in our own stockpiles which is essentially how we've sent most of the security assistance thus far um, but but it is something that Congress would need to legislate in order for us to actually send uh, more arms because right now the Pentagon just doesn't have the authority to to draw down more weaponry
0: ironically the uh, one of the arguments they're offering is that it's good for our economy if they if they, if they start building these weapons here uh, without looking at the other side of the ledger where you know the tax dollars are going um, what about Israel where does that uh, funding for Israel where do we stand there
3: yeah so israel's about another oh i forget the exact number off the top of my head but around another 40 billion it's part of the same package and so essentially right now the way it's laid out is if they don't vote on the Ukraine funding, then they also will not be voting on the Israel funding. So these are uh, two issues that are tied together. All
0: right, last question, Andrew, and that is the money the Republicans want for the border. Um, how much is that?
3: You know, right now, I, I don't know what the bill tracking is. Right now, initially, the Biden administration was only offering, I believe, Something on par between 4 to $10 billion. That has gone up significantly now with Republican negotiation, but that is going to be its own bill, uh, which I'm not tracking right now.
0: Well, um, it'll be interesting to see how this unfolds. Uh, Andrew, thank you very much for being on board with us. The Epic Times, best newspaper it's around. News. Thank you so much for having me. All right, take <laughs> care. Thank you so much. All righty. Um, if if it were up to me, I wouldn't give up Any country, any money. I wouldn't send them our arms. I wouldn't. We, you know, somewhere along the line, just admit it. We can't afford it. Not only does it cause problems with us for safety, but it's a major problem in terms of financing. All right, it's 42 minutes after the hour. President Trump and uh, President Biden, or former President Trump and President Biden. are both going to go to Texas. And I'm making a prediction right now. Brian, mark this down. It is 1043 on Wednesday morning. And I'm telling you that I suspect when Biden gets down to the border, uh, down in Brownsville, there will be few, if any, people (laughs) crossing the border. It will look like, uh, uh, you know, a great place to go fishing.
2: It, it, it yeah, will look- I, I understand it's already known as the fewest border crossings of any of the uh, uh, areas that they
0: come through on. So, doesn't surprise me in the least. Uh, so I, we'll see what happens when it uh, when he gets down there. But I'm betting it'll be just as pristine and clean and there will be nobody there. No 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 one trying to cross the border it would be great you know if we could transport him to the california border where where they're going now because right now uh texas is you know putting up the barbed wire and uh all of the other obstacles to keep people from coming in uh through the back door and you know they th- these uh, these people are doing what what makes sense and that is to go the easy way can't get through there, let's go over to California, where it's easier to get in. And bonus, it's a sanctuary state. Oh, you know, Texas may not be really willing to, to give us food and clothing and housing and medical and everything else, but boy if we landed California, woo, that's great. Uh, and they're saying that they're admitting that that that's what they want. Uh, I've, I've got a piece on this. I'll, I'll, I'll try to get to it. In the meantime, Brian, did you know that pregnant women can't get divorced in the state of Missouri? I did not know that. No. Yeah. I I wish I'd remembered that I had this popped up on my uh, screen. But I'll talk about that next on the Gary Nolan Show on the Zimmer Radio Network. Ten forty nine. Glad to have you with us. Democrats in Missouri are attempting to overturn a decades-old law that bans women from getting divorced while they're pregnant. I didn't know this law was on the books. Brian and I were just chatting about it. He had no idea either. Since 1973, Missouri statute has refused to allow any divorce to be finalized while the wife is carrying a fetus. So, uh, and they do this so that uh, questions of custody and child support can be decided before the couple fully split. Uh, there's a, a Democrat, I guess her name is Ashley Ayun or Ashley Yoon, a Missouri state representative, introduced legislation that would overturn the ban. Uh, the story is uh, in a Kansas City uh, a TV station. It doesn't make sense in 2024, she told uh, this uh, TV station, citing recent testimony from a woman who had been unable to divorce her abusive husband. Not only was she being physically and emotionally abused, but there was reproduction coercion used when she found out that she was pregnant and asked the lawyer if she could get a divorce. She was essentially told no. It was so demoralizing for her to hear that she felt that she had no options. The Missouri Coalition Against Domestic and Sexual Violence, a nonprofit based in Jeff City, backed the new law, saying it could literally save lives. Abusive partners, said uh, Chief Public Affairs Officer Matthew Hoffman, frequently use reproductive coercion to control their partners, keeping them pregnant in order to prevent them from getting a divorce. Now, I uh, I don't see where the state should get involved in this one way or the other. But I think this is the second time in is uh, in as many days uh, where I agreed with a Democrat after Fox uh, this uh, Fox television station published the story on Monday. Um, It and the existence of this pregnancy divorce ban quickly went viral on Reddit uh, Reddit and X, uh, or Twitter, if you will. There are no exceptions for domestic violence. Arkansas, California, and Texas apparently have similar laws. Other states make it technically possible but realistically difficult to divorce while pregnant. Well, Brian, I, I think it's time to get rid of that law. Yeah, I do, too. Did you look it up when I did
2: I, the outers? No, I did not. Yeah. But I just find it hard to believe that uh, this was the first time that both you and I have heard about it. And yet, I, I would find it really hard to believe that no woman has ever gotten a divorce while pregnant in the state of Missouri. I, I just, without finalizing the details, et cetera, All right, so et cetera.
0: Why don't we do a shout out to anybody who has encountered this? Because, you know, if if I were um, it, if, if a woman was uh, pregnant and wanted a divorce, I wouldn't admit that I was. Pre- you know, she should not admit that she was pregnant. Just, you know, unless unless she's uh, really got the big baby bump just say no, I, you know, don't 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 acknowledge pregnancy at all. I don't know, is there anybody out there who has experienced this? Is there anybody within the sound of my voice and I mean we're good from Springfield to Kansas City. Anybody who has tried to get a divorce while pregnant and told no you can't do that. Now we we are covering hundreds of thousands of people. Somebody must have encountered this. I had never heard of this before. Brian who's, you know, um, almost lived here his entire life, he's never heard of it before. So if if you uh encountered this problem, uh, try to get a divorce but were told you couldn't because you were pregnant give or us maybe
2: a, maybe you got a divorce and you were pregnant at the time.
0: Yeah, how did you get around it? 800-529-5572. If you're local, 874-9390. Or go to GaryNolan.com. I I think it is time to get rid of this law. Uh, I don't think the state should be involved in a dissolution of a marriage. Uh, If the marriage isn't working, it isn't working. Let them go their separate ways. Uh, let me go to the phones here. Is is uh, the uh, is Lynn a woman? Okay, Lynn. Good morning. How are you?
4: I'm great. Thanks. Um, I wanted to. Forty years ago, well, probably almost forty-five years ago now. I wanted to get a divorce. My husband left when I was pregnant. Not a big deal anymore. But um, I could. The judge said that I could not complete my divorce. Until I had the baby, because um, something could happen to me during the delivery, or something could happen to my child, which would affect everything.
0: Wow. So you couldn't get the divorce until after you gave birth?
4: Right. Um, and this was Missouri. Wow. So um, mm-hmm. I, I, I was kind of shocked. I'd never heard that before, but I'd never gotten a divorce either. Um, and so my husband and I are sitting in the truck, and he's like, I was told that when we were applying for military housing, and his wife was getting, at the time, was getting ready to, you know, she was like a month away. And they said, nope, not until the baby's born. Can't have that extra. He was trying to get a two bedroom, whatever.
0: Oh. so. Wow. It's All a right. Thing. Lynn, thank you for sharing. (laughs) Uh, Have a great day. You too. Glad to have you on. So, Brian, it's real. Uh, It's yeah, it's out there. Charlie, I got about two minutes. What's uh, what's your experience?
5: Uh, My daughter, about eight years ago, was getting divorced while pregnant, and she ran into that. And one of the things is also that the husband. He retains natural responsibility while they're married.
0: Yeah, but should that be the law, do you think? Uh,
5: It's what it is. I mean, you just have to deal with it.
0: Yeah, I know, but there's a a Democrat who's trying to get rid of that law right now, and I'm scary. It's scary to me because I'm thinking I agree with her.
5: Well, uh, my daughter wished she could have gotten divorced earlier but you know you only have to wait up to nine months
0: so, yeah know. but nine months if you have an abusive spouse that could be problematic and well, i and, I'm, and I'm moved out and I, well yeah but still i'm wondering just you know what role the state should play in saying you can't get a divorce uh
5: yeah i kind of agree with you but i don't think it's that terrible a deal i mean No, it's it's their nose where it doesn't belong.
0: It's sticking their nose where it doesn't belong. Charlie, thank you for the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. What do I have left, Brian? I got a minute? We're out of time. All right. We'll take this up on the other side after the news. If you're pregnant in Missouri, you can't get a divorce? I find it rather peculiar that I'm agreeing with a Democrat, but I think this Democrat is right. This is a law that probably ought to go by the wayside. Not like there aren't other priorities for the legislature. Anyway, we'll cover that next on The Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. This is The Gary Nolan Show.